0: Hello and welcome to the Postcards from a Dying World July 2021 Book Review Digest. If reading my book reviews on the blog just takes too long and too much brain power, I can put it right here in your ear hole. So this month, uh, I read The Best of Judith Merrill um, by, of course, Judith Merrill with some notes by Virginia Kidd. Uh, by the time i have been doing the Dickheads podcast for a couple years, which is now, uh, I've been learning the history of 20th century science fiction. And one of the names that just kind of keeps coming up is Judith Merrill. Her role as a founding member of the Futurians and the Hydra Club predates her publishing, which began in 1948. Her year's best and country-themed anthologies for England and Soviet science fiction were really important. And her line of books collecting the best of the uh, magazine of fantasy and science fiction were foundational. But it was it's her writing in this book that we're here to talk about. This collection is a fine collection of feminist science fiction, but to compared to today's standards, the definition of what is feminist might not seem quite so obvious. To call Merrill a trailblazer is an understatement. It's not that there weren't other women writing science fiction, there plenty were, including, for example, C.L. Moore uh, was a contemporary at the time. Uh, She's a Hoosier, go Hoosiers. Um, and the path that kind of led from the Judith Merrill's and the C.L. Moore's to your Joanna Russ and your Gwyn's are important, and this collection really kind of highlights that. There are three standouts for me here, uh, Dead Center, Only a Mother, and the novella Daughters of Earth. Let's start with the one I'd read before. Only a Mother I read in The Future is Female, edited by um, multiple-time guest of the dickheads podcast lisa yazik and uh, she has a lecture on youtube that you should watch uh, about the story after you read it it's kind of a surgical tale about the effects of radiation on children born into the atomic age and it has a really powerful ending and it could be earned it could earn itself a place on best horror and best science fiction lists for sure now, Dead Center is the reason I bought this particular collection. In Breakfast for the Ruins, Barry Mulsberg highlighted that this story was, not, was one of only two stories from any science fiction or fantasy magazine to be chosen for the best American short stories, volumes edited by Martha Foley in the 50s. And the fact that the story was published in a 1954 issue of uh, Anthony Boucher's co-edited magazine, a Fantasy and Science Fiction, was a huge deal. Daughters of Earth is a great story um, and the most feminist of the tales here. The story is about women becoming um, front and center in the efforts to expand into the galaxy. I was struck as a space nerd how good the science was for 1953. Look for a dickheads podcast panel that I've already recorded with a bunch of experts on Judith Merrill coming soonish. I know we take a long time for that um, particular show to get episodes up, but it's coming. The next thing I read was Sleeping Beauties, Volume One, uh, based on the Stephen King and Owen King novel adapted by Rio Ewers, who's been on this podcast before, and drawn by Alison Sampson. The women of the world are subject to a pandemic called Aurora. The women affected fall asleep, and their faces break out in a cocoon that makes them uh, or keeps them asleep but alive. In the days that follow, men have to deal with the loss and and um, and certainly most of the men in the world don't understand everything uh, important that women do. So a few women are kind of are trying desperately to stay awake. And some of those struggles are some of the story's best and most suspenseful moments. Ewers and Samson bring the characters and novel to life <clears throat> to the point that I felt I did not uh, need to read some of the word bubbles since I had read the novel before. Samson has a lot of horror credits to her name, and she's an excellent choice for the art. That's very detailed and vivid. The novel was 700 pages, and honestly, I didn't feel like more than 400 pages were needed to tell that story. So, telling kind of half the story in two volumes makes sense. Rio Ewers uh, mixed some, uh, uh, fixed some of the cringe-inducing moments when King let slip some unintentionally sexist moments and old-timey gender roles. So that change was kind of welcome in many ways, and this is almost like a better, more simple take on the story. I'd have to say I recommend this experience over the novel. Speaking of one-time guests on Postcards from a Dying World, the next book I read was A Master of Gin by P. Jelly Clark. Fresh off the Locus and Nebula Award victories for uh, Ring Shout, it's a great time for P. Jelly Clark to unleash his first epic, full-length novel, A Master of Djinn. This is not my normal genre. I'm not a big fantasy reader, and steampunk fiction is not really my thing. That being said, when I discover a supremely talented writer like Clark, who's also trained and and is an active historian, then I'm going to follow him. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know that the interview I did with Clark was focused on Ringshap, but we did talk a little bit about A Master of Jin in that interview. A Master of Jin is another work suited to this author's unique skill set, training, and talent. It is a one-of-a-kind novel, and no one else could write it. In that sense, I really dug it. The setting and the world-building are strengths, but all the elements are there. None of that would matter if the characters were not vivid and the story compelling. The novel is a work of balance and impressive for a first-time novelist, even though I honestly feel Ring shout is a novel. The novel balances delicately and stylishly built fantasy world with many other elements, vivid characters, sly and stealth, historical, political commentary, fun, magical action, all wrapped together in a murder mystery. If you like steampunk fantasies, it's a must-read. If that's not your genre, you might consider giving Ring Shout a spin. Either way, it's all proof that P. Jelly Clark is an author whose attention is worth it, or who you should give your attention to. That sounds kind of funny. Anyways, uh, yeah, read A Master of Jin*. The next book I read was The Complete Werewolf by Anthony Boucher. Shout out to Tony. Uh, Most writers can write their whole career and never have an impact that defines a single genre. But William Anthony Parker, who wrote under the name Tony Boucher, wrote books and edited magazines that defined both mystery and science fiction. It is one thing to have that impact in one genre that awards and conventions are named after you, but amazing to have impacted multiple genres. Boucher is known for being the godfather of the American mystery novels, but it was his impact on science fiction that goes well beyond the amazing stories he left behind personally. All the stories in The Complete Werewolf were written during the period when Boucher was publishing stories in both fields and hanging out in L.A. with the Heinlein gang, And uh, they were not collected until the 60s, but this book represents his wartime science fiction and horror. The stories appeared in pulp magazines like Unknown Worlds, Astonishing Science Fiction, Weird Tales, and a few others from 1941 to 1945. Think about it. This way, most of the stories were written when Hitler was still alive, and that's just to put these stories' age into perspective. For that reason, these stories have a certain surreal feel to them, as uh, speculation from a time so long ago. Of course, the sci-fi stories have some silly robots and private tubes going to spaceports. But if you, don't mind, if you find that kind of thing charming like I do, uh, you're going to really enjoy it. Because out-of-date science fiction is kind of a special window into the mind of the speculator. In this case, Tony Boucher. Most of the stories have a sarcastic tone and they're very funny. They're all pretty good, and I was excited to read all of them, but my favorite was They Bite, a story that is a frightening horror story set in sun-soaked California desert. The setup of the story in many ways reminded me of the classic Doctor Who story, Blink. The setup is great, two characters talking about monsters they can that are just barely out of sight, but also they're kind of a little bit of a cannibal family a la The Hills Have Eyes, but many years before. So anyways, this is a fantastic horror story on every level. To me, the best thing I've read by Boucher. As a whole, The Complete Werewolf should be essential for fans um, of horror and science fiction, essential for serious dickheads since Anthony Boucher basically discovered and set Philip K. Dick on the way of writing fiction. So in other words, it's a must-read. The last book I read in July was Foe by Ian Reid. Ian Reid kind of burst onto the scene with a novel called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which was made into the strange Charlie Kaufman film of the same title. Uh, I was interested in this one because Reed's second novel is also coming out as a film starring Sasha Ronan and Lakeith Stanfield from director Gareth Davis, who made Lion, and the 2018 Jesus Snorefest, Mary Magdalene. I was curious how this dude was two for two of novel to films. Nonetheless, on the surface, the plot could be called Phil Dickian to a degree, but if you're not, if, well, that is if you're not looking for a plot twist, because you know what, the ending is so clear from the very first few pages in, uh, there's just no way to even really kind of call it a twist. The book is pretty creepy at times, but the uncomfortable nature of long-term relationships is kind of what's under the microscope. And look, Ian's won award, uh, Reed has won awards, and I'm sure that most people would consider this book an example of, of high art or literature, but the book just didn't work for me, and worst of all, it did nothing interesting that Philip K. Dick didn't already do with The Mother Thing short story in 1953. Um, I know they're different, but I'm just talking vibe. Nonetheless, I was not impressed. So anyways, those are the books I read for July, Um, I'll be back again with uh, book reviews from August, and remember to like, rate, and subscribe.